Yeah. Yeah. Little, 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 little background right here, Chris. Yeah, I, I see it outside. Yo, yo, you see this? Yo, we outside. We're at not sponsored, but we are live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pin the Guys Podcast. I'm your host, Cool Jules. I'm joined here by Chris Epic Show Senko, aka Mr. Pin the Gas himself. And we have a really special, spicy, international love guest here in not the building, somewhere where he's at. My man, Cameron Red Eye Frazier. Pin the guest nickname, Red Eye. What's good, brother? Yeah, hi. Uh, not too, not too bad, thank you. Uh, it's great to to meet you, Jules. Obviously, I've spoken with Chris, uh, Chris before, but yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Obviously, as you mentioned, uh, we managed to wrap up the the British GPT Championship at the weekend. So uh, I still don't think it's quite congrats, congrats. Thank you very much. I, it's not quite sunk in yet. I don't think um, we weren't fully prepared for it. Like at the weekend, my mum she had to. Uh, bless her. She had to go and make a homemade number one like gold T-shirt, and then uh, we're now just sorting bits out. So hopefully we'll have a nice gold helmet uh, ready for Brands Hatch, and we'll have some more like T-shirts for sponsors and everything else. So uh, yeah, no, feeling really good after the weekend, and yeah, excited to be on the podcast. Yeah, but Dude, we, we appreciate are, you being yeah. here. Yeah, it's an honor. We're hyped really that you're here. My man clinches the title, comes on yeah. pin the gas to say something to the Americans. Shoot, aren't we lucky, Chris? Aren't we blessed? Listen, it it's a straight honor. It really is to have Cameron on. Jamie Hollis, what is up, my man? Um, yeah, it's 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 been spectacular. Uh, all the love uh, we've been getting from like Cameron and and everybody else over there in BSB, which everybody knows is my favorite race organization there is, and I've said it a hundred million times. Uh, yeah, so so listen, Cameron. Uh, talk about your how you got into motorcycle racing to begin with, right? Was it your dad, your grandpa? How did you actually get into the whole motorcycle scene? Uh, so I guess you could say it started with my dad. Um, he it's not really come through our family as such. He just I think always rode bikes from like a very young age. He was very much into like building engines and things like that as a kid. Uh, so he got his first bike when I think he was like 16 and then it's just always rode motorcycles from that point onwards. Um, and then I guess I got into it because he used to do track days. So when me and my sister were very little, we'd go and watch him at the track. Um, he'd always watch MotoGP, he'd always have World Super Bikes on, he'd always have British Super Bikes on. And I think just watching that as a kid um, just made me think, oh, you know what, I, I think I'd really like to do that. And uh, so literally from about the age of three years old, I was watching him ride his bike, watching him watch, um, you know, bike racing and F1 and things like that. And thought, you know what, I think racing is something that I'd like to do. Um, so I think I remember from a, a very young age, I think about eight years old, I, that's when I first maybe started, um, not necessarily go-karting. He just took me to like a, a go-kart track and, and let me have a quick go. Um, but I think it was always bikes that I wanted to do. So uh, go-karting I did that once or twice and I was like yeah this is all right but um, I had I went on the back of his bike again a similar sort of age about eight years old and thought yeah this is this is for me um, but unfortunately it wasn't until I was about like 11 that's when I finally got my first ever mini moto so I don't know if you guys over in the US you have the little mini bikes yes um, we do we do back in freaking my bad I crashed so many times because I've done it once <laughs> <laughs> love that also we started on like the little Polini. uh i think they were 4.2 horsepower air cooled uh we started on one of them when i was 11 
um, and then just sort of took it from there, really. Just found that I was reasonably quick. I think my first ever race, I finished, I started near the back because qualifying was in the dry. But then when it came to the races on the Sunday, it was all wet and horrible, which when I was that age, I just sort of rode the same as um, I did in the wet as I did the dry. So I think I remember starting at the back of the grid and ended my first ever race in like fourth place, I think it was. Um, and then also, yeah, just sort of took it from there, started on the mini motos and then progressed up to the, the metric at GP fifties and, and then, yeah, just took it from there and, and got bigger, bigger bikes, bigger tracks. And then, yeah, here we are almost 12, 13 years later, still, still riding and still enjoying it. And a champion. Still... Don't forget that. Champ. <laughs> yes. And a champion, baby. And Let's champion go. Of the, yeah. Of the GP twos and probably not a lot of people know, but I'm actually, um, this would now be a, a two-time British champion because I won the the KTM two. Cup. Um, two times, yeah. He said two. Two-time, two-time <laughs> British champion. I remember back in 2015. That was when um, they ran the KTM Junior Cup. I think yep. you guys in the US had something similar as well we because, yeah, yeah. I remember in my last race in the championship, that was when they hosted the the World Round. Mm-hmm. So we had the likes of the US KTM Cup. Uh, I think the the German, the Dutch. Uh, I think we had Sean Dylan Kelly. Uh, he, I remember he was in there. The likes of Brandon Pash. Uh, you know, loads of loads of riders. We all battled it out for world honours, but at the same time, uh, also managed to wrap up the British Championship as well. I think it's so cool and it's still surreal to me, even though I'm not a these guys. That people, just international in general, mention American talent, and that just brings like you know. Like a warm and dearing feeling to my heart, doesn't it, Chris? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, it really does. It just speaks volumes of 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 our sport and all, all that good stuff that goes along also, with it. Also, how niche the community is, right? The fact that you guys all kind of kind of know each other, man. That's that's crazy. Yeah, we we need to get BSB and Moto America to 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 collide. So, oh, hundred yeah. percent. I think you got the likes of Cambodia. Um, Josh Herring, uh, all yeah. those types of guys. It'd be really cool to see them. Oh, yeah, I see the, yeah. the little uh, wrapping. The, yeah. Is that the Josh Herring merch? Yeah, it is. Love that. Yeah, it'd be awesome to see these guys come over to BSB. And, and I know Josh, uh, Josh Herring, I'm sure he'd love to do Cudwell. I'm sure he'd love to do the mountain. So, no, it'd be awesome to see, like, yeah, some of these riders come over and, and maybe vice versa, have some of us go over, over to yeah, AMA. Turn off all the electronics, turn off traction control. Let's see what they do over there. That's it. I'm always curious to know, like, like obviously our guys are nasty, but, like, in terms of, like, how they ride without all the extra stuff, man. Like, that would be so cool. Just, just raw motorcycle, raw skill. And on, on the mountain. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a tall order to ask right there. No pun sick. intended. No pun intended. No, it would be it would be awesome. People don't realize uh, Cadwell Park TV just don't do it no justice. I try to tell everybody that. I mean, being there, <clears throat> standing there at the bottom and, and looking at the mountain jump as they're coming up over it, and you're just like, man, forgive me for holy shit. Are you kidding me? And they're just three, four feet in the air, the back tire, and it's just uh, it's the most beautiful thing I have ever seen in my entire life, minus the Isle of Man TT. Oh. 
I mean, Damn, uh, I, on a racetrack. Yeah, and that's a fact. I gotta, I gotta go there, man. I gotta go. You got I, to. You 100% need to go, yeah. Go, yeah. yeah. Yo, but, but Ken, let me ask you. So, for the people who don't know, because I'm still trying to bridge the gap between the casuals and the sport in general, how do you explain your division to people who, who have no idea where you race? Sure. So, when it comes to um, GP2, we essentially are a, a class inside British Super Sport. So, I know you guys in uh, American Superbike, you have your Supersport Championship. Um, the bikes are very similar to, to what you have over there in, in Britain in that they're production bikes um, with like some extra bits with suspension, you know, nicer brakes, slick tyres, that sort of thing. That's obviously British Supersport. And the, GP cl- the GP2 class runs alongside the Supersport class. Uh, but the way it differs in that our bike is not a production based machine so it's uh, you know a custom built chassis um custom swing arms um our main advantage is that we're lighter weight and that we can do more to the bike so in terms of geometry changes suspension changes um we can do a little more than let's say a, a normal super sport bike can do um but as i mentioned yeah we're our advantages come in being a little bit lighter and the fact that uh, the super sport bikes they have a lot more power so I think typically uh, a normal super sport bike will uh, produce upwards of 142, 143 horsepower. Uh, some of the top end bikes, I think 145 plus. Whereas the GP2 machines, um, we I think are limited to a 132 horsepower. So we're a little bit lighter, but we've got less power. Um, and then, yeah, I guess that almost balances things out when it comes to like performance and, and power. Yeah, right. absolutely. And I, I'm going to assume that one of the disadvantages of having a GP2 bike is maybe the budget. Would, would that make sense? Like there's not a lot of extra production bikes versus like a Suzuki um, GSX-R750? Yeah, to an extent. So previously, the GP2 class was considered almost um, an, an affordable option in the sense that the bikes cost a lot more upfront but you don't need to spend the money on upgrading the engines. Whereas a super sport bike, obviously the, the cost of upgrading your engine and having it refreshed every two, three rounds, that's what costs a lot of money. So from that angle, the GP2 was actually considered potentially a more affordable option, but at the same time, you've got to fork the money out up front rather than doing it over the year. So they, sort of a similar but then as you mentioned with the likes of the uh, suzuki 750 and bikes like that coming through that actually at the minute is probably the most attractive option for a super sport bike just because um i think they're restricted to 80 percent throttle you won't necessarily have to do a, a rebuild at all through the season and obviously the the power of the engine as it is standard is is pretty decent and uh, i think the general performance you get out of the bike it's a good chassis um it handles well so I think as a new package, I think that's probably one of the, the, the good options. And I agree. Yeah, assuming I because if you won the championship, if you were able to go back in time, you wouldn't change a goddamn thing, would you? <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it, where you can't really look back and think, oh, do I regret anything or not? Um, but we, so in the UK, a lot of people before going to Supersport, we go from what's called Stock 600 class. So it's basically super sport bikes, but just in their like sort of stock spec. The engines um, don't have anything done to them. 
so I started in that class um, a few years ago and then we decided to make the move to GP2 so that was at the time a really good move because GP2 was sort of the, the up-and-coming class and that was the idea was that GP2 was then just going to take over from British Supersport as it happens that didn't really come to fruition which isn't the end of the world and um, it's something that I've really enjoyed the journey of helping to develop the bike and I've developed a lot as a rider over the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, I de there's definitely no regrets. And obviously as the, the GP2 championship, this, the GP2 champion this year, um, obviously very happy, very proud and, and thankful for, you know, my, my family, all my sponsors that have sort of stuck by me over the years. And, and yeah, it's great. It's a great feeling now that we're actually here and, and yeah. Why don't you, yeah, uh, Go go ahead, Jules. My bad. This is the last one coming from me. But like, like, yeah. I mean, shoot. I, if, if you're racing on pretty much a prototype, man, I'd I'd feel like an automatic badass from the jump. But this is my last one before I'm gonna pass it over to Chris. Now, with with you racing pretty much a fully customizable chassis bike in general, do you think, in the grand scheme of things, this is probably one of the best ways to get kids prepared to? you know, join the big leagues as in like a Moto2, a Moto3, um, based on the criteria that, that you're given with your bike? Uh, yeah, I think so, because you're learning the foundations for a lot of what these bikes um, feel like and that you need to know when you make the transition. Uh, where I'd say it's a little bit different, for instance, like with my bike, is the fact that we're a Yamaha R6 engine. Whereas in Motor 2, they use the, the Triumph 765. So there's differences there. And in terms of the actual chassis itself, if you get on something like a Calyx or a Speed Up that they have in the, the Motor 2 Championship at the minute, they're obviously very stiff, very rigid chassis. Whereas I'd say the chassis I'm on at the minute is like a combination. It's like in the middle of a Super Sport style chassis and then like a Motor 2 chassis. So there's a bit more flex. It's a little bit softer. And I think it makes it a little bit easier to ride. So from that side of things, um, I guess you could say that rider, it would help riders be prepared because they've got all these changes that they can do with the bikes. Um, but in terms of the actual bikes themselves, um, they are still a little bit different from what you get in, let's say, World Championship. I mean, shoot, to me, it sounds pretty freaking worth it, Chris. Why don't we just bring GP2 to the U.S., man? Hey, I think it's it on them prototype bikes. You know? Yeah, I think. Yeah, but great. sure. All right, Chris. Yeah, go ahead, man. <clears throat> so, Cameron, why don't you? Uh, obviously, there's one more round left. Brown's hat, Brands Hatch, right? Which is the last race of the season. So, uh, run us through your expectations starting uh, the beginning of the season. Obviously, champ, right? Where where you ended up, but uh, run us through a recap of of your season so far. <laughs> So, yeah, I think coming into the season, uh, the goal was always to, to finish on the top step. Last year, we obviously did the, the same thing. We ended up P2 in the championship, just behind um, Jack Scott, who was the champion last year. So the fact that we continued to do GP2 this year, the goal was always to, to go in and win it. Um, so that was the expectation in, from round one right the way through to the end. Um, throughout the sort of year, it's uh, been up and down. We've had some really good results. We've been very consistent throughout the year. So um, every race I've managed to finish on the podium, except, uh, funnily enough, the last race on Sunday where I came fifth. But that was uh, inevitably what helped me win the championship. So throughout the year, we've been really consistent. Uh, there's been a few of us that have been there or thereabouts every single race. So we've, we've had Joe Collier 
on the the Kramer, which is an Austrian uh, GP2 manufacturer. He's been there pretty much throughout the year. Unfortunately for him, he had an injury at Capital Park. He, he crashed in qualifying and then that sort of ended his season. Um, but I believe from round one onwards, we've led the championship and uh, yeah, literally every single race, we've either finished first, second or third, um, apart from the race on Sunday. So I think that consistency ultimately throughout the year has just led to myself um, having a nice little lead going um, into the sort of last final rounds of the championship. And then obviously we wrapped it up at Donington in the not so nice weather, but uh, it's one of them where it's, it felt like the longest race of my life, but we managed to just toddle around and uh, obviously bring it home. So um, ultimately, yeah, really, really happy to, to come away with, with the championship. And then the good thing now is that obviously it's it's wrapped up. So going into brands, we've got nothing to lose. We can just relax. We can enjoy. And it means um, there'll be a big party afterwards, I'm sure. How many rounds are left? Just the one. Just oh, the just one the at Brands Hatch. Okay. When so, when you when you win the champ so when you win the championship arguably a little earlier before the end of the season, uh, I I always try to gauge it. Uh, for example, right? So Jake Gagne is the superbike champion here in Moto America, but he clinched that thing super early in the year. Is there like a sense of like easing off a little bit, just bring the bike home, or is it still like pin the gas 100%, let's go, let's win every single freaking race that we can win, even though we already won the championship? I mean, obviously the goal is to win, but you also don't want to like risk anything, right? Like injury or like or like severely yeah. damaging the bike. Um, is, is, there, is there like a sense of calmness after winning that you're like, all right, maybe, maybe I don't have to push as hard anymore? So I think there's definitely an element of calmness. But I think that's a good thing. I think that then means you can go into the, the last races um, just giving it your all and you know that you've got nothing to lose. Um, you've only really got next year to think about, but you take every every race by race. So there's no, you're not thinking too far ahead. So I think there's that element of, yeah, being really relaxed, really calm, uh, being happy and often a happy rider is a fast rider. So, uh, and I know at the end of brands, there's going to be a massive party. So uh, I think it's just a case of enjoying it, trying to win both races, end the year on a high, and then go out and get smashed after. Well, yeah. What, what's what, what's your what's your vision on the perfect after party, bro? Ooh, I think. Uh, I mean, usually at the Bunch end of, of strippers. Parties, oh, no, I've got a girlfriend, so I don't think. Uh, I can uh, oh, oh, sorry, part. Mrs. Fraser. Oh, shoot. <laughs> uh, you know, so I think for for me, a big party will be. Um, Drinking loads of uh, what I've got here, which is gin, gin hard protein. Drinking a load of them, and uh, yeah, just getting getting on a nice wave and enjoying some good music, and yeah, just having having a bit of fun. That's awesome. So, favorite music? Yeah, favorite man, music. Oh, um, I have to say, American rap is you know one of my let's favorite. go oh, okay who we got who we got, who we got? yeah so who's in your playlist cameron uh eminem eminem he's an absolute classic um okay. i love his tunes for for a race um one of the newer ones um meek mill if uh, ah, you've heard of, of him yeah. some of his tunes of uh, at the minute love it drake big fan of drake yep. Post love drake. Malone. um oh that's interesting before yeah, like a bit of uh, not before a race, not before a race. Okay, yeah, I was about, I was about to say like it's, it's very mellow. Yeah, no. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. So the, the previous three, I'd say they're like good race tunes. Um, yeah, Meek Rick Mill, Ross. I get. Meek yeah, Mill, yeah, Rick Ross, yeah. Some of his, yeah, massive before a race, just get you in that nice little, nice little zone. UK rap as well, big fan. It's like Tion Wayne. I don't know if you've come across Tion Wayne. Um, no. Nah. He's a big UK grime artist over here, and some of his songs are like, uh, yeah, they get you in the in that zone. Uh, so, but then, uh, go on. Oh no, I was about to say because you, you mentioned UK rap, and then now now I'm like now I'm up in it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm uh, I've been up. listening. I've been listening. Uh, a couple of my favorites are um, are H. I really oh, like H. H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, H is pretty good. Um, Rax LLC. Rax LC. I think that's the name. Rax LC. I don't think I've come across him to be fair. Fredo. Fredo. Yep, yep, yep. Fredo's Fredo. Fredo's nasty. I know Fredo yeah, from Moto PG. That's the only Fredo <laughs> I know. <laughs> and uh, and Chip, obviously Stormzy, but everyone knows Stormzy. Oh yeah, and so, Chip, yeah, everyone, Chip everyone is, knows Stormzy. Yeah, yeah, Chip, Chip is one of my favorites. But like, well, like when when you mentioned Meek Mill, is is there a specific song? I, I feel like it's the times like this. It's uh, sharing location. I don't think it's one of his like big big ones, but it's one of his more recent ones from last year. And I have to say, that's probably my favorite. It's just, uh, I don't know, the way it sort of goes is the beat. He's the just screaming on the track. You literally are. Oh, so, no, so that, you thought I was finished? Oh, yeah, yeah, literally. It's, uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it gets you hyped. But then at the same time, you know what? I love a bit of rock as well. So we're talking about Aerosmith, um, some of their songs um, I'm a big fan of. Um, I'm trying to think of some other like rock rock artist that I'd listen to, but it's mainly like UK rap, a bit of drum and bass as well. So I don't know if you've heard of the artist Fred again. Yes, Fred I again. have. Yeah, he's probably one of my favourites at the minute and listen to a load of his songs like Jungle, Turn Off the Lights. Um, he's got he's got loads. So yeah, I'd say they're probably the biggest three. Not a big fan of pop, to be honest with you. Um, all, <laughs> yeah. the, all the songs are just all the same, and it's just yeah. you listen. You listen to one song, you then listen to another, and you're like, "Oh, it's it's just all the same." So uh, that's why I love. I throw it back to Eminem. He's like one of my favorite artists oh, of all yeah. time. Favorite love, Eminem song? Yeah, what's on repeat, man? Um, right when you put the oh, helmet yeah, on. There's a, I can't name. Uh, there's a few, and so "Not Afraid" is one of them. Yep. Uh, Interesting. Mockingbird. Yep. Before a race? Oh, it's just in general. Yeah. Uh, these just in general, like oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, but you okay. know what? You know what? Mockingbird. I know it's more of his like one of his softer ones. But before a race or like when I'm in the gym, I don't know what it is about that song. But that it's yeah, just, that it gives his dark, like eerie. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, so yeah. yeah, before a race as well, I'll listen to that. I could put it together. I mean, like, like you you figured the metaphor for Mockingbird is like I'm gonna. I'm gonna do everything I can to get this mockingbird. It's pretty much what he's saying for the song. Yeah, literally. To get that mockingbird for, for Haley. And yeah. in your case, it's like you're gonna do everything you can, even if you have to break somebody's neck. Well, not like you're gonna do that, but yeah. know, in the song to win yeah, that championship. Exactly. I get you, I get you. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's a dope beat as well. It's a really it good is. beat behind. Oh, so. that beats fire. I've heard some of those artists you talk about, but most of them uh the UK based I haven't I haven't heard of at all. I have to check Chris them out. Chris is a young Dolph fan. Yeah, I like you know, Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, Wiz is my dude. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a G, he's a G. But that's homework for both of you. Then following yeah. this, is you got to listen to Tion Wayne. 
Tion Wayne out the UK. He's uh he's a UK grime artist, really cool guy. I will just uh message it to me, Cameron, so I don't forget because yeah, if not I'll hundred percent. For for those who don't know, like like would you classify grime as like as like kind of like a like UK's sort of drill ish yes yeah that's field. that's how i'd, I'd yeah. class it exactly like that yeah 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 we got like pop well, had pop smoke <laughs> yeah pop smoke big yeah. fan of him yeah yeah like and the, the chicago drill music but like is, would you consider that like your your pre-race because i feel like 90 percent of the people that we asked like what their pre-race regimen is they're like Oh, I just put on my earplugs and, and I don't I don't listen to anything. I just kind of zone out. And I'm like, none of y'all listen to music. Like, none of y'all fiddle with the, uh, you know, like like a little fidget toy. Like, damn, everyone just kind of nah, just sit there a... and just, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, was, I I couldn't do that. So like before a race, uh, my pre-race routine is almost I'll do like 30 minutes of stretching, 30 40 minutes where I'll get my yoga mat out. I'll put my earphones in and I'll just um, put noise cancellation on. I'll get some, some, I'll get what's called my car playlist. I'll get that on. And what I do is I just literally flick through it and the songs that get me hyped, I'll just put them on and then just keep flicking through. But whilst obviously doing all my stretches and getting warmed up, um, ready for the race. So then one, it's getting you in that, like that zone, in that mindset, getting you relaxed. Um, but also, it's finding that balance as well. You want something that hypes you up, but you don't want to be too hyped that then you're like sort of wasting energy. So it's like, you've got to have that balance where you're getting in the zone, the music's like giving you a good vibe, you're happy, you're relaxed, and then it's obviously getting flexible, getting warmed up and then ready to go. Do you ever sing while you're racing? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> don't lie. Don't lie. Because sometimes I'm not. I'm not really a singer as such, but well, not um, not sing, but like, you, you ever like rap or like, or like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I like sometimes when I'm obviously I'm not racing, but when I'm like riding on 287 on my little freeway right here, pushing the legal limit of 145 miles an hour, I'm I'm bumping some Meek Mill. I'm like, I'm a motherfucker, I'm a boss, and I'm just like, I'm screaming in my helmet. Uh, before the race, when I'm getting changed, yeah. But then I guess as soon as the helmet's on, that's it. I'm in the zone and it's like everything's out the window. It's just, how am I going to go fast? How am I going to win? It's that win mode. I'm, I'm going to beat everybody I'm lined up against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Absolutely. surprised nobody talks to themselves while they're while they're racing. Like Literally, when I was doing the, the mini GP, I'm like, please don't fall. Please don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> Break here. Okay, accelerate. Good. <laughs> And then I'm I'm thinking about a uh, Lightning McQueen. I'm like, I am speed. I am speed. And then I low side. But I do talk to myself while I'm while I'm moving. Yeah. So Jules, why don't you tell Cameron about your adventure out there? Uh, big shout out to Michael Carrera and SFL Mini GP. All you guys Folks. need to go check him out. My man uh, Juju out there j- just made it to the Red Bull Rookie Cup. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, Cameron, this is a hilarious story. So Jules, tell Cameron about your your, your CRF 125 adventure on the track. Oh, uh, dude. So so yeah, we we have our own little Mini GP over here. Again, shout out Michael Korea. Definitely the greatest time of my life on two wheels. Um, and, and the bike wasn't even that fast, but it felt fast as hell because it's my first time on a track. And, and this is my first time literally doing everything, right? So um, it was about, I think, 9 a.m. in the morning. We all do our speeches. I put on the suit. I get up there. One lap, I'm like trying to feel it. Uh, the second lap, I'm like, uh, 
the second lap, I'm like, I'm like, okay, I think I get the layout of the track. See, in go-karts, I can get that quick. Motorcycle, totally different story. But on my third lap, I, I my third lap ever in a track, I dragged knee for the first time. I was like, holy crap, I just did that. And it felt Best like an accident. It? Best thing ever, yes. isn't it? But it felt like an accident. I was like, I, I felt that, and I was like, was that me or was that the, the bike? Whatever. And then two laps later, I, I crash. I, I low side. And I end up breaking the clutch lever <laughs> of, of that Sarah. So I take it back. And shout out to shout out to Rick and Curtis. Um, they were my pit crew for the day, my rent my rent a crew. And then they fixed the clutch lever. They put me back out there doing another practice session. I get through that practice session unscathed, right? I'm still slow as hell. Like I'm never gonna catch up to, to the kids. The kids the kids that we're racing with are Moto America champions in the Junior Cup Series, or they're at least top 10. So these guys are fast, and they know this track. So then second session, unscathed. My first heat race, I looped the bike from the start because I don't know how to launch. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. I'm like, run, 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 run. let go of the clutch. And the little fucker pushed me off the bike, and I looped it, and I broke another clutch cable. I was like, a clutch lever. I was like, God damn, that's another clutch blown out. So I, I take it to Rick and Curtis. I'm like, hey, guys, uh, it happened again. <laughs> so they fixed the clutch lever. And they're like, are you going to go back out there? I was like, no, I, I looped it in the beginning. They're like, what? You looped the bike? I was like, yeah, because I had no clue how to launch. But then uh, someone was giving me advice, like you're supposed to kind of sit like on top of the tank and launch off second gear. That's what they told me. That's interesting. So I was like, I was like, yeah, that, that well, that's what they told me. At least for my first time, I was like, I. So, and then my third, my third session. I think this was my last one. I'm I'm riding. I'm in the race. Um, I get blue flagged because I'm slow as hell. And then I took the front. And I break another clutch lever. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> they did three. Yeah, what a story, three, right? Yeah, three clutch levers. I felt That's so be a bad. Record, surely a record in one week. It has to be a record. Right. It has to be a record. And then I was like, I was like, you know what, guys, I'm done. I think I'm done for the day. And they're like, no, 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 we we got the Z125, and as a clutch lever guard. I'm like, nope, nope. I'm done. I appreciate it. I'm sore, and I had to go to Disney World the next morning. So I'm walking Disney World. My arm is like this, and my like right leg is killing me. And I'm like, damn. If you've never been to Disney World, man, put that on your bucket list, bro. I I, I went when I was a lot younger. So I think when I was maybe eight or nine years old, I went to Disneyland yeah. in Florida. Is it? Is it Florida? Yeah. Uh, oh, the Disney World Studios. Yeah. Yeah. Disney. Wow. Did that one as well. That was the next to each other, aren't they? Is it Disney? Yeah. Disney yeah, they're about like twenty minutes out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we. I remember doing both. That was like, yeah, that was many years ago. But um, yeah, no. When I went, the one ride I couldn't do was Tower of Terror. I did it once, and I destroyed my dad's arm because it was so unexpected. Like I remember, we were just in this nice little elevator, just you know, going moseying around, and the next thing you know, these shutters open, and then we just drop. And then I just remember just clinging onto my dad's arm. I literally, I think, tore, I tore blood from him. It was, uh, it was not so good for him. But then all the other rides and that were, yeah, were really fun. But just so I, I take it you don't do well with roller coasters. You no, know I do, I do, I do roller coasters. 
Um, yeah. Just Tower of Terror. The drop those top, Yeah, those ones I just can't. For what since then I just can't do those ones. But like I did all the other ones. Like uh, I think Aerosmith. Uh, I mean Hulk. I think Hulk was one yeah. back Hulk then. Yeah, dope. I've done them all. And over here in the UK, we have Alton Towers and we have Thought Park. They're like two of the, the big um, theme park attractions. And I think the last time I went was a couple of years ago, but did everything front row. Absolutely love it. So, uh, yeah, I definitely do roller coasters. That's that's sweet. Uh, I'm not really a big roller coaster guy. Uh, I'm, I'm a little chicken shit. When it comes to the <laughs> They've done Six Flags. That's my job. Uh, yeah, ish. I mean, I, I did the water park equivalent of it. Okay. Hurricane Harbor. Six Flags is right next to it. I just, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm chicken shit when it comes to roller coaster. And what's crazy is my girlfriend would be like, oh, but, but you, you're okay with riding your, your motorcycle 100 plus miles an hour with no sweat. I'm like, yeah, because I'm in control. I'm not in control of roller coaster. 100%. That's where. I'm like, um, do you know the roller coasters that go like zero yeah. to 80 in like 2.6 seconds, whatever it is? Yeah. Okay. I, they're actually the ones, I, yeah, they're the ones I don't actually like that much because even though you don't mind the feeling, it's just the fact that you're not in control of it and it's just you're being fired. You're not the one firing yourself. You, you don't know, know I mean, where it's so. going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, like, I'll I, I be shitting myself. If... If Moto America ever like offered you like a year contract here, would you ever take it? Um, I don't know. Would I be getting paid? <laughs> I mean, pin the gas team. You know, what, what are we looking at? Six figures. <laughs> yeah, six figures, and we can we can maybe talk some business. <laughs> All right, Chris. I think yeah, no, I definitely I definitely love to um, at least try something different and potentially race over there. That would always be like. If I was getting paid to do it, then, you know, of course I'd consider it. And the tracks you have over there, some of them look really amazing. So, like, I'd definitely love to do the Daytona 200. Right. That's on there. Oh, that would be on my bucket list. Yep. It's amazing. Wait. Yeah. But what, what if what if Harley Davidson reached out right now and says, Cameron, we want you to race a bagger? <laughs> I would say uh, give me a couple of tests on one and then, uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> So that's a hypothetical yes. Yeah, everybody I yes, everybody I ask that is not from America, they're like, I want to race a freaking bagger. bagger. There's something about it, man. I used to, yo, confession to all Moto America fans and Americans, I used to hate the bagger class. I thought that was the dumbest gimmick, and then now I watch it and I'm like, this is pretty freaking cool. It's all they are pretty cool, aren't they? And we've got (laughs) Jeremy McWilliams, he's out there doing it, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's 58 years old, yeah, and he's still what a guy, right? He's still racing, still like quick as anything. There was one video I saw of him on Instagram, uh, which Moto America shared of him like just two wheel drifting around, I think it was a right hand corner. I was like, mm-hmm. damn, that guy's cool. Like, 58 and he's doing that. Fair play just, to him. I want to be like Jeremy. I want to be more like Jeremy when I get older. Right. That's what I was going to say. I want to grow and be just like Mr. McWilliams. Yeah, he's... Yeah, uh, that's it, yeah. Which, which, what a uh, guy. Which, which uh, bike is he on, Chris? I forgot. He's on the, he's Indian. On the Indian. Yeah. The, yeah. Indian, the factory wow. Indian. Yep. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, how crazy cut his back muscles must be to just tight, to toss that 500-pound bike around? It must be crazy. Uh, like the dude's probably in crazy shape. 
to be honest yeah. with you. Well, I mean, yeah, 58, you got to be, especially to yeah, hustle that big ass bike around, you know, for however many laps they do it. 100%. So listen, we, 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 Jake Marsh, man, he's a good mate of ours, dude. He says, Congrats on the champion, Cameron. Sorry if he got in the way this year. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jake. Uh, no, I don't, you didn't at all, mate. I think you've, you've had quite a progressive year as well. So it's, that's been nice to see. And uh, hopefully the, the class can continue uh, into next year and then we can see some more progression. What um what uh, is, is the GP class going on next year? Or are they change? Oh no, that's the four hundred class they're changing. So the GP two class, it's a little bit up in the air because we've not had the numbers that we've had previous years. I don't think. Um, so it's a little bit up in the air, but uh, I think they'll definitely, if they get the same number that they had this year, if not a couple more, then I think there's definitely uh, interest to keep it going. Um, but in regards to what I think. I might be doing. I've no idea, to be honest. Um, I don't know if GP two is an option. That's we've got the bike, we've got all the infrastructure, and everything. So one option is to potentially to stay in the class next year. But then um, part of you says once you've you've won the championship, essentially, you then want to try and also move on to the next thing. So right. we're sort of in a bit of uh, a pickle unknown territory at the minute. We right. yeah, we don't really know what we're gonna do. Um, oh. and I guess we'll just see. We'll see on that side of things. I was going to ask, are we allowed to know what you might want to do next year? <laughs> uh, you can absolutely know what I might want to do, which is, uh, I think, ideally, I would potentially like to go to Supersport and, uh, and see what we can do on a Supersport bike. Obviously, I've been on GP2 now for the last three, three and a half years. So I think it'd be good to just test myself in a, in a different class and, and see where we end up. Um yeah, so I think that's probably that's probably where I'd, I'd like to go. But then again, we've also got the option to continue yeah. GP2 as well. So, guess what oh, bike? Oh, another good question. Um, well, you asked me earlier, didn't you, about the uh, the Suzuki? Oh, they look like snap. not a bad package, do they? With no. their with their you know big engine, you don't have to do any refreshes. You know, it's reasonably affordable. That's the smart that choice. Like a, yeah, yeah, it seems like not a bad, not a bad little option. But then you've obviously got so many bikes in Supersport at the minute. You've got the Ducatis, you've got MV Augustas, right. you've got the, the 769 right. Triumphs. Yeah. You've got so many bikes which so um, are capable of, you know, doing really well. So, And obviously you can't forget the Yamaha R6s, the Kawasaki 636s. Yeah, you've got so, you've got so many different bikes. Yeah, the bikes <laughs> that are dominating our division is literally the V2 uh, and the freaking... Uh, 750 v2 chavi chavi forez is a freaking animal on that thing hey dude holy crap saw the race in coda oh Oh, that that race between dude chavi and uh and uh oh not the other tyler scott dude the the power the the power of both the 750 and the the panagali v2 so fun to watch so funny, yeah. Watch. And we've seen a lot of it this year in Super Sport with the likes of Ben Curry yeah. and uh, right, like Reese right. and Jimmy Perrin. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, congrats to Ben Curry, too. Right? What a proper yeah, champion this year! He's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's, had a, he's, had a, he's had a really good year, and I think his bike's one of the best looking bikes on the grid. Me, too. Like, that silver, silver and black. black. Oh my god, it looks yeah. so good! So good, it does. Who, yeah. who gets to pick out how the bike? looks like I, i'm always curious 
So for them, I think because he runs in the Oxford Products Ducati team, yeah. um, he, I think, is basically just that's what the team colours are. Uh, so they sort of just decide. But when you have the likes of myself who just run on their own bike, we just get to choose. So we've we've got a oh, bit yeah. of white. We've got a bit of blue for our team, which is um, Go Racing Developments. They're like they've got like a blue logo, so we sort of run a bit of that. Uh, we've got orange, which I'm not the biggest fan of the color orange, but my dad is, so um, he sort of he chose a bit of orange in there. And then we've also got a bit of pink, like pink's I'd say my color. Yeah, so we've got a pink. Got to get a pink. Yeah, pink. pink has definitely blown up this year, man. I love pink. Like, like that, like yeah, that. I can see it in the, the logo. I can, yeah. I can see it in the pin the yeah. gas logo. So yeah, yeah you guys yeah. see uh, the fan as well. You got to see the second one, man. We got lilac. <laughs> he, listen, Cameron. He is hooked on this lilac color, bro. Dude, the Real. second cam, the second logo looks so fire. I've still yet to put on a shirt. I, I keep putting it aside because I'm trying to find like competitive rates here where I'm at to give me a good quality shirt. But the second color is just it is. It's it's fire. It, it, it is amazing. I'll send me a picture. Um, send me a picture of it. I will. I yeah, will. De I, definitely. I, I definitely. I'll send it to you. I'll follow you on Instagram and I'll send yeah. it to you. Uh, Jamie Hollis says, "Can you comment on the MotoGP rumors, please, Cam?" Um. Well, shout out to Jamie. I watched his episode uh, last week. He's. Uh, I've known Jamie since he was probably um, a wee a wee bit younger. Um. I remember him coming into the paddock. Um. I think it must have been about six, seven years ago. And bless him, he he had his camera and was videoing everything. And then now he's like everyone in the paddock knows him, and uh, I think he's loving it. So shout out to Jamie. Uh, in terms of out. the in terms of the MotoGP rumors, um, I guess he's maybe referring to Mark Marquez and that whole situation at Honda. Where's he going? What does he want to do? In my opinion, that I think it's a done deal. He's gone to Grassini. Um, I think if he was if he was staying with Honda, he would have announced it at the weekend and yeah. uh, at the home race. So yeah. I think that's a done sure. deal. That'll be really exciting to be honest. Seeing Marquez on a on a Ducati, I think like he's he's obviously been with Honda for so long. So it'll be refreshing for him to just get out on the bike, and it he'll will. probably smoke the field. Yeah, he it will. I, I see it as you know, it, I'm sure in his contract somewhere it states that. If he was to break his contract, he can't ride for another factory team. Well, Grassini's not a factory team. It's a satellite team. So oh. that lets him out of that clause of, of his contract if he does decide to go to, to, to Grassini. Um, so, I, man, listen, I've been saying it all along. I put it out earlier, and the, the slack I got from everybody was like, are you crazy? He ain't going to, to Grassini Ducati. And I'm like, listen, this is racing. Got the smokers move, fire. Um, it, it obviously in GP, you know, I mean, any race orders that whenever there's there's smoke, there, there's obviously fire, but it never went out, Cameron. It just keeps coming up and coming up and coming up, and everybody's talking about it. And just like what you said, Motegi, right? Uh, Honda owns Motegi, so we're not a better place to announce, hey, guess what? I am staying with Honda, ha ha. But that never come up. And then on top of that, if you notice his tunes change, the, the way he approaches oh, the media, the way he talks about Honda, the way, and especially his relationship with Honda, right? It's, it's just go back and watch a couple years and then go back and rewatch all the races, just his social media and, and his interviews. And you'll see exactly what I'm talking about, but I'm with you, Cam. I think that, uh, 
yeah, I think it's a done deal, man, for real. Even though G, I mean, even Ducati had Gigi come out and said, yeah, he wants to be on our bike, right? And a satellite bike at that. So, yeah, brother, man, it's. I think the the announcement is coming for sure, and I'm excited. I think that uh, it'll be good for MotoGP, and I think that if he wants to really. I'm not saying he's not a champion because come on, man, he's eight time world champ. But if he wants to, I guess, uh, seal his destiny, his legend status, he would have to go to a different manufacturer and win on that too, as well. Um, like- 100%. I mean, you look at you look at Rossi and what he did back in the day when he switched from Honda to Yamaha and then Yamaha to Ducati. I think to be like one of the greatest, you have to prove that you can do it on other bikes. And I think we all know that he can. And to be honest, I'm not the biggest like Marquez fan. Um, I think Me neither. he's he's always overridden bikes and he's almost pushed them a little bit too far and it's obviously resulted in like big crashes and things like that. So I've never been the biggest fan of him, but I do really want to see him on a Ducati. All the hardship he's been through over the last sort of two, three years, I think it'd be great to see him just get on a competitive bike, especially if it's a non-factory bike. I think all the, the Ducati boys will be sweating like Peko and Jorge Martin. They'll be sweating because they'll Facts. be thinking, oh, he's He's going to be coming for my ride if I'm not careful. So it will make it really exciting next year. And I think if he doesn't win the championship, he will definitely win races and he'll be there or thereabouts. So it will make it really exciting and he'll definitely be challenging Peko, I think. And as as we say, it's a done deal. He, he's going like this. There's no chance he's staying at Honda, surely. I heard, well, go, hang on, Jules, real quick. I heard the rumor mill was, though, he's actually got money involved with Grissini Honda. So I, I don't know how how true that is. I think he owns part state claim. That's another reason why his brother's actually there. Um, so there's uh, I, uh, that's been actually going around too. So that's uh, and I believe if he does go to Grassini, wink wink, right? Um, that uh, I don't think his bike's going to be a non factory bike. I think he's going to have the full factory bike for sure. That's They're going to have him all the bells wink, and whistles. Wink wink, right? I mean, he's he's also not that old. Like in the grand scheme of things, he's not that old. And, um, you know, when healthy, I feel like he is still a championship contender. And speaking of sweating, Peckle's sweating. I think Peckle's more than sweating right now. I think he's borderline shit in his pants because Martin is right behind his ass. What do you think about that, Cameron? You you think Jorge Martin can wrap up the title this year? No, I don't, to be honest. I think Peckle is going to do it. He's, He's been riding a little bit easily, I'd say. He's, He's not been pushing himself fully. But now that gap has shrunk, I think that the next couple rounds they'll be they'll be telling, and I think Paco will he'll get on his his horse again and he'll 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 probably win uh, the majority of races. But to be fair to Jorge Martin, he's been on it the last couple of races. I think he's won just five in a row. Is it? He's won five races in a row, yeah. three sprint um, races back to back. Yep, two. Yep. Yeah, so he's he's been smashing it like the the latter part of um, of this year and. I think he is going to take it to Peko, but ultimately, I think Peko won it last year. The year before, he arguably should have been there or thereabouts with Fabio Quattararo, but then he bottled it a little bit. But last year, I think he cemented himself as like a proper champion. This year, he's done a good job of trying to throw it away, hasn't he? Like When you think back to Kota when he, he crashed and then um, when they were in India a couple of weeks back, like he's trying his best, isn't he? But I think he'll do it. He'll definitely do it. 
man, you know, uh, man, I listen. Hope that uh, Jorge Martin does it. I ain't gonna lie. I think that, uh, and Jules knows this, man. Ever since I've I've, I've been on the podcast, I've been Jorge Martin. I think he's got one of the most he was natural, our dark horse. yeah, talent of rider out there on the grid, right? And I always said if he can get it together in his own headspace and stop crashing, right, he would be a weapon obviously he is that weapon it's been five races in a row right so i think he, he's under peco's skin uh peco's fallen in the past under pressure which he's already done a couple times this year alone um but we'll see it's, it's going to be very exciting and if jorge martin does do it cameron he's going to be one of the uh only satellite riders of, of the only satellite rider of the new era to win on a non-factory uh motorcycle moto gp which again would be how proper That'd mega awesome. would that be right yeah yeah that would um, be awesome yeah it'd be since, yeah amazing since the beginning of of when we started this podcast because we because we started doing this towards the end of last year's gp season right we had martin as our dark horse from the beginning that was number one and and number two he was i forgot if he was chris i, I forgot if, if he was your pick as well but when, when the whole speculation between Martin and uh, Bassini going to Factory Ducati, I was still pro Martin, regardless of the season that he had last year. I was still very pro Martin. Granted, I was we haven't really, Martin as well. We haven't seen, yeah. Granted, we haven't seen what the beast can do healthy with the bike, but it's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, like Ducati, Ducati's a dick when it comes to this shit. So, Betsecki's looking really good too, man. Like he's looking yeah, really he, he's obviously staying with uh, the R46, isn't he? Not, yes, and he it's is. actually Morbidelli that's going to Pramac, yeah. which to Pramac, you know, yeah. it'd be good to see um, Morbidelli on a on a good bike. Um, I think Fabio is probably the most upset out of everyone because he's seeing his teammate that he's been destroying all year go over to the Pramac bike, thinking he's getting base, he's getting a championship winning bike for not really doing that much. Right. Um, and he's probably going to do really well next year. And listen, I, I'm, I'm going to say, y'all going to hear it first, dude, Franco Morbidelli will beat Quattro next year in a race. I didn't say all he the will. races, but oh, he'll yeah. definitely that's, that's beat nice. him in a race. And then, yeah, Fabio's going to, you know, do his little pearl necklace he wears. And it, it, who knows what, what's going to happen after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he does. He's been wearing that, that pearl just, necklace. Man. What, what's up? Charlie Nesbitt is watching. What is going on, Charlie? Charlie. I, I just wish Suzuki didn't bury everything, you know, because I feel like Suzuki figured something out last year with the inline fours against the V4s in a couple of races. And I'm just like, man, if only if only we knew what, what, what they knew, you know what I'm saying? Because right now yeah, I'm time, struggling. They, they pulled out just as things were getting a bit tasty. Yeah. I'm sure Yamaha or Honda would have loved to just pick up their bikes and just take what they've got into and put it into their own. But obviously that's not. That's not how it works. But I want to shout out to Johan Zarco. I really want him Yo, to win a race this year. I really want him to win a race. Because we want to see that backflip. Back Ain't that flip. right? We Cameron. want to see the backflip. I think he's had, isn't he like the most successful second place finisher to have not won a race? Or something Besides like Danny Perdue. Well, yeah, yeah. To have not won a race. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it'd be nice to see him just get a, a race win, see that backflip. Um, and then he can go to Honda where he's probably not going to ever finish in the top 10 again so shit, yeah right yeah. dude i, I, I honestly, think he would do well world Superbike. oh i think zarko really? would do well in world superbike yeah i do on a, I mean, I think on a, on a ducati I, I, whatever you put him on i think zarko would do well he's he's that level talented hey? of a rider yeah for sure 
So on the is World Superbike topic, well, how do you think Alvaro's going to do when he wildcards at Sepang? Oh, What's he going to do? I mean, listen, Alvaro Batasta, I mean, Podium. he's fast. I, I, I think realistically, you know, coming from a production-based bike to a GP bike, yes, he, he's been in MotoGP for years, but now he's used to the G. I I mean, a production, which is a soft chassis bike, right? Going back that to a stiff chassis bike, realistically i think he'll be in the top 10 yeah i think i think, I think so top five he, it would be a dream a podium you know he, he oh. might as well just 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 retire right I i'm mean, gonna say top seven i'm gonna say top seven right yeah now. top 10 for sure i'm gonna, I'm gonna say, say i'm gonna say top five okay oh y'all heard it now first on the gas yeah yo look at, look five at quid. he he came in obviously he's done testing on the bike but i think Right. Alvaro, obviously, he races week in, week out. He's done a few tests on the Ducati, so he's like, he's he knows the bike. He's got a good yes. feeling with it. Yes. Um, I think he just needs to switch from World Superbike mode to MotoGP mode, and then yeah. I, I don't think he would want to do it unless he thought he'd have a good chance of at least getting a podium. So I think top five, top yes. five is doable for him. Listen, I, I agree. Uh, even I, I said top 10, but that goes all the way up to, to the podium too, right? Top 10. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he'll do good. And, and what, what an honor. You know, you win the World Superbike title. They say, hey, here's the new GP machine. Go on and test it out. And yeah, you instantly click with it. I think he'll do really well. I think Top Rack, let, let me ask you this. What do you think Top Rack at BMW? How do you think that's going to go, Cameron? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think... It's a tough one because you've seen everyone go to BMW, like Scott Redding, Tom Sykes, Michael Vandermark. You've seen all these big riders go over to BMW. But they ain't the been able to. They've not been able to do it, have they? They're like, obviously, they've got wins and they've got podiums, but it's never been consistent. I think Top Rack can make the difference. Can he win the championship on it, though? I'm not so sure, especially with the likes of... Jonathan going over to Yamaha. Obviously, Batista staying with Ducati. I think they're just going to be there or thereabouts. And I think he's he's going to struggle. He definitely won't win in his first year. He might he might get there, you know, in, in the second year. But I think it's he's done it for money, I reckon. He's done it more for money than anything else. Um, but as well, I guess he's done it for a challenge as well. So you've got to respect it. Um, you do. I think, you do. I don't think Yamaha could afford him, and I don't think Ducati need him. So that's why he's uh, he's gone to BMW. I think this is what's going to happen. All right, this yo, this is Julius's fantasy right now. Right, <laughs> he's doing BMW. He's getting all the factory support. BMW behind the scenes have a MotoGP prototype ready for him to be their rider at MotoGP in the next couple of years. Bang, book it. You know what, that theory, I I have the same theory as well, you know, because MotoGP want more bikes. And do you know when Suzuki pulled out, yeah. uh, BMW, I think, shared some interest in trying to get a bike out. But yeah. I don't think they felt they were ready. So I completely agree with you in the fact that I think he'll do maybe two years with BMW. He'll bring them some success. And then they'll be like, right, here we go. Let's take to MotoGP. Let's, and yeah. let's, let's do it. And that rumor, uh, again, you know, when we talk about rumor mills, it's, it's still going around bmw still has high interest in being a moto gp so yeah you never know and i think that uh, top rack's going to do good on the bmw i think i think he's going to struggle more at first than johnny ray will at yamaha yeah um, i'll totally agree sure. with that yeah um but i think that uh once he figures out the bmw um 
yeah, I, I think he's he'll definitely uh, a win on it. But uh, yeah, Cameron, dude, let, let me ask you this: away from motorcycles, right? So, what does Cameron do away from motorcycles? Helmets up, yeah, boots glow, because you're already the champ, right? Leather's right. hung up, golden helmet put away. Yeah, so. Oh, you got a golden helmet too? Not yet. So it should be there for brands. There's we're on a a tight turnaround because we weren't weren't that prepared. So um, (laughs) me and my dad were phoning up um, one of our sponsors, trying to get them to send a a helmet to our painter. Our painters, hopefully, um, he suggested that it. He's not going to promise anything, but he said it, it. You know, it should be doable. So we're fingers crossed. That we should be able to get a gold helmet ready for brands. It better be doable. This is tradition. That's it. This is a championship. That's it. You got to put little gold flakes on it. A little bit of glitter. Come on, 100%. man. percent You have to wait and see. You have to wait and see. We've. Uh, I spoke to him yesterday. I was telling him my ideas as to you know what we want to do uh, in terms of the championship helmet. So I'll be excited. It's being done. So I will have one. Hopefully, it'll be here for, for brands, and I'll be excited to obviously share it with everyone when when it's ready. Definitely, but but yeah, so I guess yeah. In terms of uh, away from the track, um, I think partly again the reason it might not have sunk in yet is because Monday morning um, I was in work um, in London, so I literally came home from the race weekend, um, was asleep within like two hours of coming back. We watched all the races from the weekend, went straight to sleep, and then I was up really early the next morning to go to London, do my job. And then come back. Um, so outside of racing, I work full time for an American company. Actually, um, the the company is a global organization, but they're based in New York, um, in the US. So American culture. Um, it's a reasonably enjoyable company to be at. Um, but I basically do like a sales, a little sales role. I, I try and sell a service, tell people how good it is, and then hope they buy it. So. That's like my, my full-time day job, which helps pay for, for racing um, from one extent. And then outside of that full-time job, I then also have just set up a business with uh, my business partner, Ben. Um, this business is, we've, we've basically created a drink. It's a hard seltzer. So obviously hard seltzers in the US, huge. They're slowly coming about in the UK. They're, they're not that. Um, well known I'd say over here at the moment but hopefully we're jumping on the trend just as it gets bigger and bigger um, so we've got this I've got a can here actually it's uh, the company's called Gin spelled G-Y-N um, our tagline is hard gin hard protein so essentially this is a hard seltzer it's an alcoholic drink uh, it's gin based um, it's 5% ABV just similar to like your normal beers and things like that um, but where we wanted to be really different was in the fact that um, we've got 10 grams of protein within the drink. So the idea is we've got a low calorie uh, drink with 10 grams vegan protein. We've got a couple of B vitamins as well to to essentially make this, we can't really say a healthy drink or a healthy alcoholic drink, but it's playing on the, you know, the borderline that when you have an alcoholic drink, you can at least get, you know, other benefits with it as well. It's not just on drinking um, and, you know, with it being low calorie as well, that also also helps. So you're saying me and Chris can get fucked up and have a really good workout with it. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually kind of sick, man. That's that's actually kind of sick. The way the idea sort of came about was um, when we were at university, we'd like, 
um, me and my business partner, Ben, we're both very active, both go to the gym, obviously training for motorcycle racing. I'm pr- I pretty much train every single day. Um, but occasionally, you know, we do like to go out and have a bit of a party. So, uh, the idea came about where we were just on a night out and we thought, well, we want to go to the gym the next day, or we'd just done a gym session, but we're, we're having some drinks and, you know, probably going to get a little bit drunk. We thought, well, there's nothing out there at the minute where you get some sort of benefit whilst drinking. And we thought, well, sure. Why is no one like combined protein with a, with an alcoholic drink, for instance? So we did a lot of research. We found, I think, one or two companies where they tried it, but they'd not really got it right. Whereas we thought, well, if we're going to do it, we'll do it properly and, and we'll invest in a proper drinks development company so that they actually know what they're doing and, and they put it all together. So, um, yeah, we've been going about this for about two years. We've just had 2000 cans produced. And hopefully it will all be available online within the next sort of week or two. I was telling Chris before the podcast that we've had a little uh, hiccup in terms of distribution, but hopefully it should all be sorted soon and um, yeah, it'll be available for purchase. So people can get drunk in a, in a fun, healthy yeah, way. And, and get, get a pump at the same time. Yo, yeah, we'll, we'll, trade, time. We'll, we'll trade you a shirt and hat for a, for a 4K. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> oh, 100%. We'll get it. We'll get it sorted. We'll get it sorted. Dude, I, awesome. I would I would love to try that. I'll be like, <laughs> like after chest day, I'll be like, man, fuck a protein drink. Look. I'm going to drink some alcohol. <laughs> right? Look. <laughs> Jamie Hollis said 2,000 cans for brands. going to be wild. <laughs> and that'll be just for him as well. I'm sure he's, uh, yeah, he's right? a big drinker. So. Right? Oh, word? Yeah. Jamie, you be getting down like that, bro? You be partying like that? Yeah, Jamie loves a party. Jamie loves a party. He'll be on Sheesh. it at the, the end of the season party. So, yeah, I'm bringing, I'm going to bring a little stash of gin. Uh, so, Jamie, if, if you are listening, then I'll have a couple of cans for you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, l- listen, Cameron, again, a- a- away from motorcycles and in- your business, favorite movie? Favorite movie? Um... I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. I love his films. And I'd say my favorite Adam Sandler film is Grown Ups. And I'd say nice. that's my favorite film because Ooh. whenever like you're feeling low or anything like that, you just watch Grown Ups and it just like brings your whole mood up. I think when you watch it with friends as well and like when they've seen it, you can like almost say who's who in the film. Right. Uh, and then it adds and you can all relate to either one of the characters or a couple of them. So it's, uh, yeah, Grown Ups got me my favorite film. Love Especially it. when you're fucked up on gin. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after a, after a couple of gins. It's right. Even, it becomes even better. That's R- awesome. Real, real quick, go, go, going back to the gin, it's just one flavor right now? So the minute we've got one flavor, it's um, Berry Blast Hard Seltzer. Um, we've, we've got oh. some other flavors potentially in the works, uh, like a lemon and lime. And potentially orange and mango, mm. uh, but what we want to do is obviously get this oh. this flavor off the shelves, get people buying it, give you a better idea of the can again. Nope, um, there it is. Vegan protein, so everyone can drink it. It's got added vitamins, no added sugar, eighty-five calories, and you can check it out if you do want to. If anyone's listening and they do want to see more about the product, you can just check it out on Instagram, Facebook, through at Gin Drinks UK. Or you can just see our website, www.gindrinks.co.uk. So that's... Uh, oh, definitely going to follow your Instagram. Absolutely. little plug in there. <laughs> no, what, about, what, what about like, what about gin and coffee? Gin and coffee. 
Oh, gin and oh, coffee. I mean, to be honest, coffee. we've had loads of ideas thrown at us. Gin and coffee. Um, oh. We've had like, do you have Bailey's over in yep. the US? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, some like chocolate version. Like people give us loads of ideas, which is pretty cool. So who knows what the future holds? I think I'm pretty keen to get a non-alcoholic version out there as well, because uh, yeah. obviously with protein shakes, they're all, they're always usually really thick and quite difficult to drink. I think if, I'm pretty confident we'd be able to get 25 grams of protein within a 250ml can and without it being too thick. So right. two two non-alcoholic cans um, with you'd be getting like 50 grams of protein. I think that would be pretty, that'd be pretty tasty. Yeah, Plus absolutely. the caffeine, dude, that would yeah. be the greatest freaking drink I'll ever Yeah, energy. There's, there's so many little avenues that uh, we're thinking yep. about. But obviously we want to get this one, this one right. And then that's right. And obviously go from there. Yo, That's put them right. on Shark Tank. You, you ever seen Shark Tank? Yeah, we've got what's called Dragon's Den over here, which is nice. the same as Shark oh, yeah. Tank. Um, but for some reason, the, the money isn't as big in Dragon's Den. You, you watch Shark Tank and they're like asking for 2.5 million for like 2%. Over here, it's more like 50K for like 10% of the business. So, Gee, yeah, bastards. maybe I need to come over to Shark Tank and, uh, and pitch it to them. Yeah, for when sure. When we go US-based. D- Dustin, Dustin's asking, who are you in, in the grown-up so we, Let me see if I can take a while, I guess. Oh, I've got to be Lenny. I've got to be Lenny. Okay, yeah. I, I, I was just about to say that. That's Dude, awesome. Who would you guys be then? Who, who are you in grown-ups? Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm black, so I got to be. Turn that card. Yeah. <laughs> I like Rob Schneider. Right, yes, yeah. yes, Jules, yeah. Rob Snyder, that is you, 100%. I, I love Rob Snyder, dude. dude I, I, awesome. I forget their names, their names in, in, in the movie, but yeah, Rob Snyder is my guy, yeah. That's yeah. good, yeah, that's good stuff. So, Cameron, now, let, let me ask you this. If if they made a documentary about you in your road race career, who would play you as you in your movie? Oh, dude, Jake cool. Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I would have to go with... Um, I'm a big fan of him and I've been told only by like one or two people that I look a bit like him which is Keanu Reeves that's my favorite actor I think Absolutely. yeah he's he's one of my favorite actors yeah, and again one, one of my other favorite films uh, is Point Break dude so, I love Point Break that's film. like yeah Johnny fucking Utah baby yes <laughs> yeah. yes I love that love film. that it's great man hey, dude, so Cameron have you ever been skydiving before I've never been skydiving. Uh, oh, I want man. to do it at some point. Never Wait. been, but yeah, it's, I've heard uh, it's supposed to be a rush. Listen, I, I I guess it would be the closest thing I could come up with to uh, anything as the mountain jump at Caldwell Park, the feeling. Would be jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, for sure. What? Nah, I feel like skydiving was a lot scarier than that. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean l- l- listen, what I mean by that is, is – your very first time, like I can envision my very first time being at Codwell Park, actually approaching the mountain on a motorcycle. The anxiety, the tension, the the because you don't know what to expect because you've never done it before, right? Um, same thing as jumping out of an airplane. You know, you're up there in the plane, you're looking out at eleven thousand feet, and you're like, "Holy shit!" You know, same thing. The anxiety, the that's what I mean by that. Uh, uh, as far as the nerves go, I, I guess I would say. 
Yeah, I can I can definitely imagine that. And uh, when you say jump the mountain, I'd use that term loosely for someone like me because I don't actually really jump it. To be fair, I know. Uh, I'm more. I get like probably a couple of inches, a couple of inches at most, but uh, every really inch counts, as they say. So yeah, it's just not a Josh Brooks man. When I seen Josh Brooks, I was like, holy shit! Like he straight launches that like four foot in the air. I was, dude, I I literally was beside myself going. Freaking tail whips his bike midair. <laughs> Literally, he does, doesn't it? Him and Ryan Vickers, they like yeah, Ryan too. They send it. They full send it, and I try to tell everybody again, Cameron and Jules, man, to physically see it in real life. You're like, yeah, it's it's the most. These bikes thing. aren't meant to be jumped, and then no. when they're being jumped, it's like wow. And well, because I, 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 I talked to a couple of the guys and they said that uh, it's really tricky to, to, to set up for, especially with like Brooks and people that fully send it Vickers, because if, if you if you don't have the chain set just right, the chain will come off every time. Yeah. So it's it's uh yeah, it's kind of one of those. Well, how how far are you going to send it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a full send it. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to send that bad boy. Yeah, who would like to see the baggers there? Listen, oh god, Jesus, bro! Listen, I think that would be probably the most epic bagger race there there was in the world. It would be that would utter chaos, insane. That would be the Formula One equivalent for Monaco. Whoever's in first place in the bagger wins the race. (laughs) Where where are they passing? Unless they go through the grass. Yeah, yeah literally. So. I, I wouldn't know to be fair because the track's so narrow, isn't it? it It'd is. be it would be a task. That's but then another I've heard thing. The, Go ahead. I've heard the baggers are coming to um, one are. of the BSB rounds. I'm not they sure are. which one, but yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard it's, it's, it's in the world. Yeah, I actually uh, had a conversation with Stuart Higgs uh, when I when after after my grid walk, uh, me and Daniel were over there, and I was we were you know we we I was like, hey, I'm Subco for Pentagas American, and immediately he was like, oh, Moto America. I'm like, yeah, I watched this. So we immediately hit it off and just started talking about everything Moto America and BSB, right? And he's like, what do you think about the baggers? I was like, dude, it's fucking mental, right? I was like, he's like, yeah, dude, I'm actually working with Wayne Rainey and them getting them over here too as well. You know, we hadn't announced it yet or anything, but I was like, that's gonna be proper, right? Like seeing the bagger boys over there, dude. And BSB is gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be something. Yeah, very chaotic and awesome to see at the same time. Beautiful yeah, music awesome. is what it is. <laughs> I mean, how? What do you think the logistics of it would be? How would they get all the bikes over here? Uh, that same, would not be anything. I think a right? really big a boat. No a boat. Yeah, <laughs> j- j- just like they get everything overseas, right? It's just like if I come over there to Europe and I bought a in uh, a, a, a RVT four fifty or, or whatever, right? I can just have it crated and shipped over here. I think yeah, it's true. like twelve hundred pounds. It's really not that expensive to, to be done, but of course, if you're going to bring the whole fleet, of course you'd get a bigger discount. But you know what? We're, they'll figure all that shit out. I'm just glad it's going to happen, and it's going to be awesome when it does happen. Yeah, 100%. you know what I mean. So let, let me ask you this: Are you an Indian or Harley fan? Uh, I think because Jezza is on the Indian, I've, I've got to go that way. I've got to go with the Indian. That's sweet. The freaking freaking Indian bikes I like are the, fucking. I, I like the Indian sweet. too. Sweet, so sweet. I, I I actually actually want to ride a, uh, an FCR. I want to yeah. know what it's like to, or it's a flat track. One of them shits. I actually want to do it. Oh, uh, I don't know who this is from. Chris but it says, "What's the most vintage bike you have ever been on at race pace speed?" I think it's. That's a that's a good question. What's the most vintage bike I've ever been? Um. 
I don't actually know, to be honest. I think because whenever I've ridden a bike, it's always been, they've always been like sort of modern bikes. Um, The oldest bike I've ridden would be an Aprilia RS125. Nice. um, From like 2003, I'd say. But other than that, I I wouldn't class that as vintage. Um, One of my neighbours, funnily enough, he's just invested um, his uh, pension into a really old classic bike um it's called i want to say it's called a vincent shadow or something a black shadow yes something like that from like 19 1930s maybe maybe a little bit younger older than that and yeah i know this thing cost a a lot of money so um they do yeah that i've never, never ridden it but it looks cool it sounds cool um and that's probably the oldest bike i've ever seen not for that's awesome. That's yeah. I, I've never seen one. I've just seen pictures of one, but to see one in real, the Vincent in real life has got to be a masterpiece to behold, right? What a beautiful machine! Uh, because now you see where we come from, where, where all the motorcycles come from, right? Um, which is it's beautiful. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful machine for sure. Yeah, it's crazy to think like where they started, how they built a motorbike, and then where they've come from now but i guess it's still back then it was two wheels and an engine and right now it's two wheels and an engine so but it's it always baffles me like how people came up with these types of things like a car like a motorbike electricity like how do people think of these things oh man benjamin franklin with the kite man come on man you know the story (laughs) right the light bulb the story i don't know (laughs) i don't know how he came up with it yeah right yeah that's awesome i still think think there should be a league with just Hayabusa's and CX-14s. That should just be its own separate division. Just straight lines or with corners as well? No, no, with corners. I've seen with people corners. track Hayabusa's. Yeah. I, think I mean, would if, be... if they do a bagger, why not? That's no, yeah, true. I mean, It'd probably yeah, be it's... easier to race a Hayabusa than it is a bagger. It would be, dude. I would always love to see them bringing like superchargers in on motorcycle races, right? Just have one class, which is supercharged six hundreds, right, dude? Imagine that, bro. That that'd be fast, right? I mean, just wow, too. Yeah, be that'd be good. That'd be good stuff. So let me ask you this, Cameron: If you could race on any team in the world, MotoGP, World Superbike, blah blah blah, what team, what bike would you be on, and who would be your teammate? Uh, I think it would have to be the Ducati in MotoGP. I think it's the the best bike on the grid. Uh, it'd be cool to be teammates with someone like Peko. But actually, you know what? I'd probably say Marquez. Seeing his data, seeing how he rides a bike, that would be cool because apparently he rides a bike like no one else. So right. you have the likes of Peko who they've got everything nailed down to a T. They break as late as they can. They accelerate as hard as they can. Then someone like Marquez, it'd be cool to see his data and share a garage with him just to see what he actually does. Because everyone says you look at his data and you can't replicate it. So yeah. it'd be it'd be cool to just have a look at it and see like, nah, fuck, you can't actually, you can't do this. Right, or actually, right. you know what? I probably could. So uh, it'd be, that would be cool to see. I know one person that they say that about too, uh, Cameron Frazier. I don't know if you ever heard about Cameron Frazier. He just wrapped up the GP2 title in, in British Superbike. Yes, that let's go. Right. Yeah. He's all right. Uh, not too sure about that, but uh, I think Marquez, <laughs> it, yeah, it'd be cool to see someone like his, his data. But I guess my data doesn't look too bad. Uh, I'm sure my uh, data engineer, he'd probably say different. He, 
whenever you do like a debrief of him, he's always ripping you. He's always ripping riders, and that's how he, he gets us quicker. That's he just, awesome. uh, yeah. <laughs> he says, you're braking too early. You're not accelerating hard enough. You're not scoring the throttle. That's every time you come in, you know, in your head, you're thinking he's, he's going to find something. He's going right. to find something. But that's how you get better. So, you know. It is. It is. It's like, hey, I just won the championship. Well, you should have won it two races ago. Right. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. That's that awesome. great. But anyway, gentlemen, we are approaching the hour 15 mark. Chris, I'm, I'm going to have you close this out real quick. It's got a noise in my background, man. All right. So go ahead, take it away. All right, man. Listen, Cameron, uh, again, what an honor it was to have you on. Like I said, we're definitely going to have a part two. Absolutely with Cameron back, dude. Congratulations on your title, bro. Like I said, look, I, I, I was telling him, uh, Jules, uh, the story. So I was in here watching it on my TV, right? My wife's outside smoking a cigarette. My son's in the other room playing on his Oculus, right? He's clueless to what the hell's going on in the world when he's got that thing on anyway. So. Dude, I see Cameron on TV. You know, they're like, oh, we don't know if he did enough to win the title yet. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and then they show Cameron on, on TV, right? And he's, he's, he don't really know. You need a thumbs up, blah, blah, blah. But, bro, when they announced it, I literally screamed to the top of my lungs. I was like, yes, yes. And my wife comes in. She's like, what the hell are you screaming? I was like, Cameron just won the GP2 title. Let's go. She's like, dude, calm down. I'm like, no. Woo. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Dude, listen, the emotions you gave me, man, it was proper mega, as you guys say. Uh, it was, uh, listen, congratulations. Super proud of you, man. And, again, what an honor it is to have you on. Uh, before I get off here, I just want to give another shout-out to, man, Michael Carey and Juju, right, FSL Mini GP. You guys go check him out. Um, thanks to everybody that watches, likes, subscribes, and supports us over there in the UK and here in the United States, man, nothing but love. I appreciate, and I love all you guys. And I say it all the time and I really mean it. Um, but before we get off here, all you guys know who I am, you know, who cool Jules is, right? You know where to find us, where to like, where to subscribe, where to listen, but the champ, my man, Cameron Fraser, baby. Why don't you tell everybody? Only, that's it. Tell everybody how they can find you, where they can reach out to you, where they can get your proper mega drinks you're, you're coming up with. That's going to be where released they can get soon. Your social security number, where they can get your passport. <laughs> details yeah, right. of it all. <laughs> no, well, first, I want to say uh, it's a massive thank you for having me on the podcast. I've really enjoyed chatting with you guys. Uh, the energy you both bring and the passion you have for the sport is is really cool to see and. Uh, yeah, after speaking with you guys, I'd love to come back on again at some point in the future. Done, done. Um, so, yeah, no, really appreciate you guys having me on. And we've got, a, we've got a, great, a great chat. So, yeah, look forward to it in the future. Um, when it comes to just finding me on, like, social media, you can find me on Instagram, Cameron Fraser 66 um, Facebook, Cameron Fraser 66 um, I've got a website, which is just CameronFraserRacing.com. Again, you can just see all like race reports. You can see photos. You can see all those bits and pieces. Um, and then, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, when it comes to the new business, you can find gin drinks. I'll hold the can up here again. Uh, Gindrinks.co.uk, or you can find us on all socials at gindrinksuk. So, uh, yeah, please feel free to go and go and check out the product. It'll be available for purchase soon. Um, and yeah, as I said, really happy to have come on the podcast. Great meeting you guys, and yeah, look forward proper. to yeah, any, absolutely. any future chats. Dude, Listen, we are we excited to 100%. see what you, what you do next season and, and everything and beyond with the business. Everything, and yep. cannot wait to have you back. This is yep. wonderful. Yep. 
It's been proper mega, as, as I said. I'm serious about that four pack, man. <laughs> yeah, we're, we know, Jules. Listen, we do, <laughs> we do six packs. Yeah, we right. Oh, okay. So I didn't want to get too greedy. Even better, right? right, right. I was like, only on maybe a four. Well, do but, you need a six pack? I mean, sure. Like, why not, right? <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why not? But thank but, you, thank you so much, Cameron. For oh, go ahead, Chris. Now, I, I was going to say one more thing, but but before Jules cl- closes everything out, is uh, if you guys didn't get a chance to watch this live today, which if you did, much love to you, and I appreciate it. Um, tomorrow, it's going to be out on Spotify and iHeartRadio and all that good major listening platforms. So, uh, yeah, go there, hit that bell and all that good stuff, and, yeah, it'll be live on there tomorrow too as well. Hey, man, Chris already knows the deal. You know where to find us. You know where to find him. You know where to find his drinks. The USA slash UK connection is real, and we're going to keep it alive. So go ahead and leave us a like. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And we'll see you guys at the next episode. Once again, I'm Cool Jules. That is Chris, the whole effing show, Simcoe, and Cameron Red Eye Frazier. See you guys at the next one. Cheers, guys. All right, hang on.